Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere, hang on, hang on, hang on! Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Mystery in Space number 106, cover date March 1966, cover price 12 cents, cover artist Murphy Anderson, edited by Jack Schiff, featuring The Outlaw Ultra, writer Dave Wood, art by Lee Elias, and Nightmare on Asteroid Arak, writer Dave Wood, art by Jack Sparling. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go go! Space criminals Craniac and Trag plot to eliminate Ultra the Multi-Alien. Having learned from Dr. Dynamo that Ultra is really Ace Arn, the crooks kidnap Bonnie Blake. They then lure Ultra out of town while they send an Ultra robot to loot. When Ultra returns, he is hunted and captured by the police. Ultra escapes custody and finds the robot. He then feigns injury and follows the robot back to Craniac's hideout. He then replaces the robot and defeats the criminals. Bonnie is rescued unharmed, but she now suspects Ultra is her fiancé, Ace Arn. Meanwhile, on asteroid Arak, John and Cappy have come from Earth to find out what happened to the missing miners. The miners are missing and presumed dead. Or are they? Stay tuned! And now, Mystery in Space Comics presents Spotlight on Science. Dateline, Pasadena, California. A Soviet scientist has told a conference of Soviet-American scientists meeting in Pasadena that evidence gathered in Russia indicates that the moon's interior was so hot that it must be four to five times as radioactive as the inside of the Earth. Evidence was gathered by means of examining radio emissions from the moon, declared the Soviet speaker, Dr. V. S. Troitsky of the Scientific Research Radiophysics Institute in Gorky. The Soviets, he revealed, based their conclusions on radio waves emitted from various lunar depths. The waves are generated by heat and are thus an indication of the temperature within each layer of the lunar body. The longer the wavelength, the deeper the layer from which it has come. The increase in average temperature from the surface to the base of the loose upper layer, according to their observations, is about 45 degrees Fahrenheit. If this theory is true, it would tend to support one of the most startling theories ever advanced concerning the moon, that the lunar body had been torn out of the area which is now the Pacific Ocean. This hypothesis was advanced several years ago in Britain and seems to account for the fact that the moon as a whole is made of lightweight material similar in density to the layer near the Earth's surface. Thus, the moon, which astronauts are now seeking to reach, may turn out to be just another chunk of Earth. Dateline Philadelphia. Jefferson Medical College researchers have discovered what they believe to be a form of extrasensory communication between certain identical twins. The investigators probed reports that illness or injury affecting one twin also affected the other, even though the latter might have been far removed. The most dramatic experiment tried involves stimulation of electrical brain behavior typical of a person who closes his eyes in a lighted room. It was found that when one twin closed his eyes, his brother, sitting in a room 20 feet away, also displayed this characteristic brain activity just as though he too had closed his eyes. Out of 15 pairs of identical twins examined, two pairs showed this seeming extrasensory link. But the researchers in charge cautioned that their investigation is still not advanced sufficiently for any definite conclusions concerning this fascinating subject. This has been your Spotlight on Science. 
Hey, I wrote a song. Want to hear it? I'd love to hear it. Ready? Yes, go. Ultra, the multi-alien, and Cappy and John are friends. They fly through space with Blonnie Blake. Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't finished it yet. Well, it sounds like it's a work in progress. Good well, job, Bob. Thank you. I was thinking if Ultra the Multi Alien ever had a cartoon show, that would be a good theme song. I suppose it would. Um, sounds like something. Uh, sounds a little bit too slow for a Hanna Barbera theme, however. Oh, I don't know. Hanna Barbera has some pretty slow themes. Do they? Yeah. Like what? Um, uh, Scooby Dooby Doo. Where are you? You're singing it like a Lendler. In no. Like a, yeah. This goes, Scooby-Dooby-Doo. No, no, no. Uh, where are you? No. And how about this? Um, oh, I can't think of anything. Well, That's all right. then your theory is blown out of the water. Oh, don't get me started. How about the bananas? One the banana, banana, two banana, three banana, four, five bananas. Yeah, yeah, the banana splits. Doing it, doing it, doing it. Or doing HR pumps up. HR pump That's not Hanna Barbera, you idiot. <laughs> I thought all the good things of my childhood were Hanna Barbera. No, hey. What? Had you ever hear of Ultra the Multi Alien before? Never before. Well. Doesn't mean he isn't special. That's exactly right. In fact, I'd say he's the most special DC Comics superhero ever published. Why would you say that? Well, I just think in this era where we are throwing anything at the wall to see what sticks, Uh Ultra the Multi-Alien is a case where they literally threw everything at the wall. Did it stick? It sure did. (laughs) For eight issues, at least. Only eight issues? Um, Yes. We're looking at Mystery in Space number 106 today, which is the fourth of eight Appearances. Four of eight tertiary adjunct of. I see what you did there. 30, I don't know. Ultra um, the Multi Alien only had eight appearances in the Silver Age of comics. Silver Age. <clears throat> he pops up occasionally now and then these days, but his uh, quote unquote classic run is just these eight little gems of stories, which we're looking at number four. Number four. From Mystery in Space number 106. You want to hear something about Mystery in Space? Oh, I'd love to. Thank you. Mystery in Space was launched by DC Comics in early 1951, modeled on the success of their earlier science fiction anthology, Strange Adventures. Strange Adventures. Boy, you're on fire today. I got nine hours of sleep last night. I'm sorry. I don't understand what happened. Um, Strange Adventures began publication in 1950, as you recall, because we've already looked at an issue of Strange Adventures with Immortal Man. Immortal Man! Are you really? Oh, I'm sorry. Are you bothered by my singing? No, not at all. Would you like me to do that? I could just be silent. Well, I mean, I started the episode with my self-written pop song. I don't want to be silent. Now it seems like you're just trying to one-up me. Um, Oh, is it? Really? Do you think this is a competition? Yes! If this is a competition in a comics world... I will always lose, so just go along for the ride. Got it? Okay. All right. Yes, sir. Uh, Mystery in Space was a science fiction anthology comic Mm -hmm. featuring a combination of short science fiction stories, science fiction-based heroes and superheroes, and single-page articles on subjects associated with space and space technology. Probably best known for publishing the classic... Adam Strange series. Adam Strange. But also featured a number of other characters such as Knights of the Galaxy. Knights of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interplanetary Insurance Incorporated. Interplanetary. Sounds exciting. Mm-hmm. Space Cabbie. 
What? Space cabbie? Are you saying cabbie is in... Cabbie. Cabbie, like, like a taxi driver. A taxi driver in space. Yeah. Okay, I'm interested. Well, people need to get from place to place, and not everybody has their own spaceship. I guess right? you're right. You need cabbies in space. Mm. The Star Rovers. Are they dogs? No. Oh. Space Ranger. Space Ranger! And Ultra the Multi-Alien, who ran from issues 103 to 110. 110. 110 being the final issue of Mystery in Space in the Silver Age. Now, in the canon of works, uh-huh. how significant is he? Ultra the Multi-Alien? Yes. Not very. Okay. Um, is that going to scan okay with uh, work friend Chuck? I will see. Okay. Um... Now, Adam Strange and Space Ranger had been sharing Mm -hmm. Mystery in Space up until Ultra, the multi-alien, was introduced, and he kicked them both out, took over the cover spot, and uh, drove the magazine to its cancellation. (laughs) So, good job, Ultra. Well, it wasn't necessarily Ultra as it was the writers. Well, it was pretty much Ultra. Ultra, Um, Ultra, the multi-alien, was originally Earth Spaceman Ace Arn. Living in an unspecified future era. Ace Arn. Ace Arn. A-R-N. A-R-N. Living in an unspecified future era when space flight is commonplace and the entire Milky Way galaxy is habitated. Mm. After crash landing on a planet in a far-off solar system, he is attacked by four aliens, each a member of a different species (laughs) from their respective planets, Ola, Laru, Trego, and Ragan. Ragan. The four aliens simultaneously shoot him with ray guns designed to transform him into an obedient member of their respective species. Because all four rays hit him at the same time, he is instead transformed into a combination of the four aliens, but free of their control. Wow. The upper right section of his body grew green fur and gained super strength. Mm -hmm. The upper left section turned blue and gained magnetic powers. Mm -hmm. His right leg grew feathers and small wings, giving him the ability to fly. And his left leg is transformed into a bolt of lightning. I see. Topped off with a pair of tidy whities uh, I was just thinking that it would be really f- very funny if, you know how each of these quadrants of his body has a uh-huh. different physical characteristic. Yep. It'd be funny if, I mean, if he could only do those things in that characteristic. So if he wanted to fly somewhere, his leg would just basically start flying and drag the rest of his body behind him. So he'd always fly upside down. You know, he'd fly leg first no matter what he did. I f- well, I'm uh, no, he that's a good point. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's actually how it works. Like, each quadrant only has that power of that quadrant. Well, I, I would think that um, his left quadrant wouldn't look as muscular as it does, you know, because you know how muscles work. They don't, you know, everything else balances out. Right, right. I think, you know, I mean, we, we, let's not... I was only saying that just for the comic effect. I mean, if you really start examining it, you can't understand how he can stand on lightning, but... Well, we'll keep that in mind as we read the comic. Yeah, and how, how his tidy whities don't get burned off from his lightning leg. Well, and what part of yes. what's below the tidy whities is actually right. not... I mean, what quadrant is that? Right. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> now, if you follow back to his origin, of course, there has to have been one alien who was entirely composed of lightning. Yeah. So... We'll have to go back and see what that might have looked like. So, hmm. um, so do you know how he got his name? Uh, ultra, the Ultra Outlaw, the Outlaw. Um, sorry. No, Ultra, the Ultra, mul- ultra the Multi Alien. Yep. Um, am I going to be able to guess this, or are you just asking me that? You might be able to guess it based mm. on information I've already provided. Um, 
No. You can't. He combined the first letter of the worlds the four aliens were from. Oh. Ola, LaRue, Trego, and Ragan. Wow. And added the first letter of his name, A, uh-huh. to come up with his new name. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's something, isn't it? I'll say. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Hope you enjoyed this. Um, Mystery in Space number 106, featuring DC's newest bizarre hero. So DC seemed to have been fascinated with bizarre heroes. We've already seen Metamorpho. Metamorpho, Metamorpho. We've seen Eclipso, uh, villain and hero in one man. Uh, Who else has been bizarre? Oh, well, the Metal Men. Yeah. They're a little bizarre. A little bit. Yeah. They're not all men, by the way. They're not all men. And they're not men at all, because they're robots, and they right. scream all the time. Yeah. God, I can't wait till we get back to the Metal Men. I'm going to scream the entire time. I can't wait. I hope you get a lot of sleep that night. Mm. Uh, on the cover, we have Ultra mm-hmm. melting jail bars with his lightning leg to lightning break out of jail, leg. and fighting a squadron of beaked, beaked fly-eyed Web-fingered Two-legged humanoid guards. creatures. I wonder if these are like platypus creatures, like they have all the characteristics of all life forms uh-huh. within them. Insectoid swimming birds, kinds of things. I don't know. They've got uh, they've got webbed uh, four four uh, three fingers and a thumb. Yep. They have feet and legs and yep. you know. Uh, I don't know what they're throwing at him, but. Ray guns. Oh, they're throwing Ray. Oh, because, oh, they're they're, they're, because they're, they've lost them. Because he's he's using his magnetic yes. powers of his blue quadrant. Blue quadrant. Um, splash page. Yep. Oh, I should mention that Ultra was created by writer Dave Wood and artist Lee Elias, both of whom are providing the words and art for this story. Ultra the Outlaw. I like that font of his logo there. Yeah. It's very mid-century. Ultra. The multi-alien. I like the the, especially. Yeah. Um, we see Ultra smashing through the roof of the gem-weighing and sorting shack. Shack. While the aforementioned insectized guards are shooting ray guns at him. Um, Ultra going berserk. The famed multi-alien utilizing his amazing powers to wage war against law and order. It's hard to believe, but overnight, the great Ultra is branded a traitor. Traitor. Criminal. Criminal. Murderer. Murderer. For nobody knows that the sinister satellite master, Craniac, is responsible for the outlaw Ultra. Bum, bum, ba-dum. Um, Ultra, at this point in his adventures, despite his bizarre appearance, is already widely acclaimed across the galaxy as a hero. Yes. So it's not just readers who are in love with these weirdo freak superheroes. It's the entire galaxy. Galaxy. Yeah. Let's go to the first page of the story. Trag. Nice name there. Who's a villain. You can tell he's a villain because he's got a heavy brow. Did his mother love him, I wonder? I don't know. Um, And a severe comb over. Sort of comb forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's like um, Chuck Connors, the actor. Yeah. 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 Um, or Jack Palance. That's Jack, who I'm that's thinking That's it, Jack yeah, yeah, Palance, yeah, yeah. yeah. Trag, With severe face. Yeah, Trag and his henchmen are wearing what appears to be the jumpsuits worn by the villainous race car drivers in AHA's video, Take On Me. Okay, thank you. Uh-huh. Um, Trag and his henchmen have landed on one of the many moons orbiting Saturn. Mm-hmm. Where they're meeting up with 
Craniac. Craniac. The satellite master. Yeah. Now, Craniac has a white face and giant ears. Yep. And a pointy cap. Uh-huh. He looks like a cross between Eclipso and that thing that sat alongside Lando Calrissian in Return of the Jedi. Yes, I don't know that he actually spoke. I do know that he laughed. He did laugh mm-hmm. and also gasped in terror. Mm. Trag and his henchmen have landed on the surface of one of the many moons orbiting Saturn. Yes. Uh I wonder how many moons of Saturn there are. I don't know. Well, let's find out. Siri, how many moons does Saturn have? Your Bob, that's what you told me anyway. Oh, for Christ's sake. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> um, Dragon his henchman. Shut how up. How many moons does Saturn have? Saturn has 53 moons. What? And that's not counting Saturn's beautiful rings. Saturn's moons have great names like Mimas... Enceladus, Enceladus, and Tethrys. One of the moons is named Titan. It even has its own atmosphere, which is very unusual for a moon. Well, I've heard about Titan because that's where Saturn Girl from the Legion of Supergirls comes from. Does she? Yep. But we are on Rhea, one of the many moons orbiting Saturn. Where Trag and his henchmen have landed. Rhea. They've landed to meet Craniac, who apparently has some kind of plot to defeat Ultra the Multi-Alien mm-hmm. because Trag is anxious for that plot to be enacted because he's got a big deal going. He's going to rob the Scooter Factory. The Scooter Factory. Uh-huh. Now, is he going to be looking for a, an international intergalactic Vespa? Well, I don't know. It says he's got to get hold of the Saturn Air Scooter's plans for a new revolutionary model. So this was written in 1966. Six. There were scooter, scooters at this point. Sure, sure, but not on Saturn. That we know of. Well, that we know of. Um, is this probably like a um, Segway situation where there's been some new design of something that's going to revolutionize the way everyone travels and the way that cities are designed? Things well, like that? we can assume, um, as I've learned from the DC checks, the GoGo checks yeah. series, yeah. that there is uh, that using the word scooter will probably stimulate some sort of pop. Association, something that's popular. Uh-huh. And so, therefore, a reader might be excited with the word scooter. Okay. It might think of something like that. All right. right. Yeah. That's a good analysis. Thank you. You're welcome. By the um, way, yeah. I met someone who's very interested in our podcast that you didn't even know about this weekend. You'll tell me later off I air. Yep. Um, Craniac. Craniac. Launches his electron satellite. Yeah. Uh, which... Which is basically a blueberry with a, with a door in it. Well, that's his headquarters satellite. The little red saucer thing coming out is the electron satellite. Imagine a red saw blade yeah. with um, a little bowl on top of it. Yeah. yeah. You know who had a spaceship that looked very much like that? No. Brainiac. Oh. And here we have... Do you have, think he's related to Craniac? I don't know. They could be cousins. They could be. They're, now, Brainiac has green skin and is a robot. And oh. Craniac has white skin and looks like an Indian Toltec oh, head your carving. comics fans are going to crucify me over that mistake. No, 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 no. You couldn't have known that. I couldn't have. Thank I you. I mean, honestly, it's a little ridiculous that they chose a name like Craniac, knowing that Brainiac already existed. Yeah. Um, so the Scooter Factory is apparently in the middle of the desert and is a group of TPs surrounded by a low fence. Yeah. So criticism number one. Yeah. 
if you're going to break into the scooter factory mm-hmm. and you're going to do it from above, mm-hmm. why do you need a circular saw blade spaceship to cut through the fencing when you could just simply land inside? Well, it looks, if you turn the page, it looks like Trag has some ground troops ready to attack the scooter factory once the fence is broken. Uh, but why couldn't they just drop the ground troops in from... Hello. I mean, because they did, did the ground troops walk across the terrain to this remote right. factory? No. Yeah. Right. Because we've already seen that Trag brought them there in a spaceship. Uh, there's no... I don't know. There's no explaining villains' motivations. Maybe they just need to make the spectacle of it. Well, we need some action, don't we? Right. Well, they want to make the papers. If you just drop in and steal something, don't make a show of it. Who's yeah. going to know about it? Luckily, Ultra the Multi-Alien has come to Saturn because he loves visiting other planets. Mm -hmm. It's great to be able to fly across the universe. Nonetheless, he's haunted by thoughts of his fiancée, Bonnie Blake, Mm. who thinks that he's dead. Her, her, Bonnie. Mm -hmm. She's pretty, though. Yeah, she's got a little blonde flip, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ultra sees the police heading off to the scene of the crime and follows them. Don't you love that red car? That's fantastic. It's like... It's flying, but it also has wheels. Mm-hmm. You know what it's like? It's like a land speeder. Remember the land speeder toy? Oh my god, it was the best. It had like hidden wheels. And you could, yes. Oh, that was great. Ultra comes upon the scene of the crime and attacks the criminals using his magnetic powers, shoots pieces of metal and tires at them. Um, Tires aren't magnetic, but these appear to have the rims inside of them, and therefore he can use his magnetic powers to move. Right, and they might be some kind of futuristic rubber that is magnetic. Yeah, right. Uh, No, no, no. I call foul on that one. What? You don't know. Yeah. All right. The satellite attacks Ultra. He zooms underneath to the soft underbelly of the flying saucer. And he goes, kablang! And punches it right in the, quote, metallic bread basket. Punch. He knows that it... <laughs> he knows that it's come from Craniac because he knows that Craniac is a satellite master. Uh-huh. And uh, so he heads off to seek out Craniac. Meanwhile, one of the henchmen has visited Dr. Dynamo at the Venusian prison... Yes. On Venus. I see where you... I'm trying to see where you are. Okay. Um, I see. Later... <laughs> that's the, good. Later, as the bitter craniac and Trag land at the moon hideout... So, Dr. Dynamo apparently, last issue, fought Ultra and had some device that turned him back into Ace Arn. Right. So Which did not go unnoticed by... By the criminals. Mm-hmm. And maybe by Bonnie Blake. Bonnie Blake! So, um, the criminals go to Earth... Kidnap Bonnie Blake. I love that her name is alliterative. Well, there's a lot of alliteration in comics, in comics of this era, is. isn't there? Peter Parker. Ace Arn. Jonah Jameson. Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. The list goes on and on. Um, Bonnie Blake's got a cute little one-piece cat suit on. She looks like she's about to go skiing. Yes. Doesn't she? Fur, epaulets, Wait. and collar, and oh, boots. just adorable. Maybe she was skiing. Maybe that's how they got her. Mm. Snatched her right off the slopes. Um, the criminals demand to know what Bonnie knows about Ace Arn and Ultra being the same person. Ooh. She doesn't know anything, but she does start to think. Ultra always does visit her when he's on Earth. 
and he's made cryptic remarks to her. I wonder. We'll see if this pays off later on. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the beaked fly web creatures have a letter. A handwritten note for Ultra, which they deliver. Now, this goes along with my theory about the future of the DC Universe. Okay, so let's just back up here for a yeah, second. Yeah, We are flying through space mm-hmm. in, um, in spacecraft. Mm-hmm. We are attacking. We are shooting ray guns. Yep. We don't have any form of electronic communication known as email. I think because in the future, if they add email, they'd never get anything done. I mean, if, if there's any indication about the number of emails that I get, right. they, would, they would simply just stand around and answer emails. All sure, day. sure. Wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah. So here's my theory. Yeah. The robots, mm-hmm. led by the metal men, mm-hmm. take over Earth. Okay. Bring humanity to the brink of destruction. Okay. But the robots are so stupid and argumentative that they soon destroy themselves. Humanity... Rebounds uh-huh. has now futuristic technology and spaceships that the robots left behind. But but the millennials have taken over society, and so they go back to handwritten letters and pneumatic air tubes and landlines, whiskey-based cocktails. Yes, we see a landline on mm-hmm. page seven, which is apparently able to communicate between Earth and. The moons of Saturn. So it's a mixture of future and present technology. Right, right. It's like uh, Battlestar Galactica, you know, when they had landlines on the yes, ships. Yes, um, So this You're note, talking about the new The new one, the new one. It's not the best. It really is. Um, we should watch that again. We should. Here's remember the how note. I cried and cried at the last episode? I do remember. You cried like a girl. What's Ultra. wrong with that? Ultra! We are holding Bonnie Blake as a hostage. Follow these instructions if you value her life. Be at South Saturn Desert Oasis number seven, noon this day. Signed, Craniac for the Solar Syndicate. What wonderful penmanship. He it's must really have made beautiful. excellent marks in you elementary know, school. They don't teach penmanship anymore. I, did, do, do people actually know that they don't teach penmanship anymore? I should hope so. It's a national I mean, we tragedy. teach in college. We do see it. But mm-hmm. I, we literally gave our niece an, a, a handwritten note last mm-hmm. week, and it took her a while. And she's very clever. Yes. It took her a while to figure out what the words were, because she never learned to write in cursive. Honestly. Yeah. Well, don't worry. After the robot rebellion is put down. She'll learn quick enough. Oh, yes, because she'll have to use her quilt pens, won't she? Mm-hmm. She'll probably be president. Mm-hmm. Anybody can do it, apparently. Uh, Ultra calls Earth to Bonnie's parents just to make sure she has actually been kidnapped. And then he heads off to Saturn Desert Oasis number seven, where the ink from the letter starts to disappear. I don't know why. That I don't know me. why they put that in there. I, that's, I think that's so silly. Notice it is the desert oasis. It is a it is a group of uh, five, six palm trees mm-hmm. with a little puddle of water mm-hmm. below it. That's legit. That's, that's an oasis. That's an oasis. Um, the writing starts disappearing, cluing Ultra into the fact that he's been set something's up. Something real fishy going on. I don't know. <laughs> Meanwhile. At the gem weighing and sorting shack, as one does, north of the city, yeah. here comes Ultra, smashing through the roof. Smash! He doesn't use the front door. Punching out the guards. Yep. Uh, whammo! That's a great sound effect for this issue. Look at the, I like the action in that shot right there. Yeah. It's good. He's inside the sorting shack. And these are his friends. These are people that like yeah. him. Yeah. Where he 
finds a picnic basket. Just a what basket? Picnic. A picnic basket. Happens to be lying on the ground of the sorting shack. Oh, well, you know, you carry gems around in a picnic basket. Well, why wouldn't you carry gems in a pail or... I, I, I don't even know. I mean, it's why. awfully specific to draw a wicker uh, basket. Uh, it really is. It's an interesting choice that they've made here because it's a sorting shack, right? Yeah. A gem sorting shack. It looks like the Old West mm-hmm. meets the, our, our imagined future. Mm-hmm. I would think that a pail would have been an appropriate thing for him to use to scoop them up. Not a picnic basket. A picnic basket is something you associate with leisure time. Not work. I just noticed that this guard ha- has letters on his chest that say GP. What is that? Ge- is that gem police? Where do you see that? Bottom oh. panel, page eight. Oh, you, you, you have a larger reader than I do. Yeah. But no one has a larger reader as... Or, or friend Chuck. He'll be back. Don't worry, folks. Um, I'm so envious of him. Ultra. I know so much about comics. I know a lot, too. I know, but, I mean, honestly. <sighs> uh, look, 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 I wanted to call the attention to, um, in the Whammo yep. uh, um, uh, panel, yep. you see this group of aliens in the background. Uh-huh. I don't know what they're all doing to each other, but they're all faced in one direction, and arms are flailing. I can't... Uh, who are they fighting? I don't know. You know what it looks like? That uh, Naval Academy, when they all the freshmen have to get up on the greased pole and try to get the flag at the top? <laughs> yes. That's what, exactly what it looks like. Yeah. Maybe there's a greased pole at the other end that we can't Could be. Yeah. Or else they're trying to get out the back door or something. That could be. They're all clamoring to get out because he's beating them all up. All right. So, Ultra defeats the guards. Um, With the, the zapping ray guns. Trag and Craniac have one of Luther's television screens that can see all of time and space. So oh, you haven't said how he defeats this whole group of of soldiers. The oh, he police. throws a tent over them. Yeah, he takes naturally. a tent and throws it over them. Yeah. Ho ho! That's really putting the damper on those guards. Trag is exulting. Um, turns out this all is not ultra after all. It's a robot. The Craniac it's has a sent a robot. Craniac mm-hmm. has sent to uh, make Ultra look like he's a criminal. Now, could Trag's face look any more severe? He's. I don't think he's gotten a lot of sleep lately. He's, he's lying. He certainly long. didn't get nine hours of sleep last night. No. So the police get to the gem mine, decide that they have to bring in Ultra dead or alive. Yeah. Ultra. Just the real up. Ultra shows up in town and he is zapped. He's like, hey guys, what's up? Yeah. Zap. That's what's up, Ultra. Come at me, bro. Yeah. Um, the police are going to shoot sleeping serum into yep, Ultra. Going to inject him with sleep serum. Luckily, Ultra has enough mental fortitude that he can prevent the serum from coursing through his body and confine it to only one quadrant of his body. The strong quadrant. The strong quadrant, which means he'll lose his super strength, but he'll remain conscious so he can figure out what's going on. Yeah. Police drag Ultra off to jail. Drag looks worse than he's ever looked. His face is lined. Look at that face. Yeah, he looks, in this panel, he looks like Snidely Whiplash. <laughs> Just without the mustache. Yeah. Um, Trag and Craniac are reactivating the Ultra robot. Meanwhile, Ultra in jail realizes except, realizes what's happening, that he's been set up. Poor sad Ultra. So he's going to use his lightning leg to break out of jail. 
This is fantastic. He looks like he's doing karate. But he does, doesn't with he? Lightning shooting out of his leg. That's awesome. Kizap, 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 kizap. And um, he breaks out of the uh, of the jail, the jail cell and flies yeah. off. Yep. And the the guards come after him, and he just gr- he uses his magnetic powers and pulls the ray guns right away from them. Ha ha! Stupid insect web finger bird guards. <laughs> Shortly, back on the moon of Saturn, where the criminals are in their hideout, and of course, Trag is watching this with Craniac on the television monitor. Right. Yeah. Nonetheless, they get their news from radio. Old-fashioned-y radio. And at this moment, all planetary police are searching for the escaped criminal ultra. Oh, I... I I thought they were staring at a monitor. They were actually getting that from the radio, I see. Yeah. 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 Or maybe it's a police scanner. Yeah. You know, it's some, good. some people like to have just a police scanner they listen to all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh... I don't know. None of my friends that I know of do that, but I some well, people do. I'm just, you know... But we grew I've up heard. in the 70s. I mean, didn't your dad have a CB? Did he ever? Oh, my God. What was his handle? Cuddy Sark. Oh, that is so appropriate. Mm-hmm. Cuddy Sark. That's it. My stepdad had a, a CB as well. What was his name? Scallywag. Oh, for Christ's sake. What, wasn't that the right name for him? Yes. Yeah. Uh, what would your call name be? I don't even know. I don't know. Mm. I don't. I, it never interested me. The only thing that ever interested me about CB culture was the television show BJ and the Bear. <laughs> Now, did you like the BJ or the bear? I was very young. I didn't know anything about BJ at that time. But I will tell you that I did think Greg Evigan Evigan was the bee's knees. Agreed. I'm looking back through my adult eyes. I definitely had uh, um, weak knees for Greg Evigan. Right. You know what my name would be? What? Sugar Glider. Moving Do people on. know what a sugar glider I is? I don't know. I didn't know what it was until two days ago. <laughs> Google it, everyone. It's a bat that people keep in their pockets and things. It's a pet and they shit on you. Um, so the multi-alien, <laughs> next day, back at the scooter plant, oh, uh, is attacking the roof of the scooter plant with his lightning leg. They just got to get into that scooter plant, don't they? I'll say... Now look, he's got lightning legs shooting the roof off the scooter plant, and still the ground troops are on the ground. Yeah, they haven't mended the fence yet. Uh, so, well, actually, I think that they're trying. Well, that to, might to be patch the guardsmen. The yeah, they're yeah, they're not, trying to. They're not colored very. They're all purple, so but we they're can't all, tell but who they're they doing are. work. They, that's what that metal spool is out there. They're fixing see. the fence and okay. they're mending the plant, and they're getting attacked yet again. I'm with you now. Okay. Well, here's. Uh, there's a safe. Ultra's going crazy. Zap, zap, zap. Using a lightning leg. Um, if they can invent a robot that can do all the things that Ultra can do. Right. Well, they're using that old I'm robot. I'm staring at you quizzically. Robot technology that was left behind by the robot rebellion mm-hmm. in the early part of the 21st century. Okay. Nonetheless, you see that the robot's argumentative and... Too involved with making As quips. All robots are. I'll say. So, the robot has snatched the plans for the revolutionary new scooter, and now comes their chance to get rid of Ultra once and for all. Yes. So the robot Ultra heads off to attack real Ultra. They have a lightning leg battle in the sky. 
a dog zap, fight. Zap, pow, zap, if you will. zap, zap, zap. Uh, Ultra feigns weakness. The real Ultra I'm talking yes, about. Not robot Ultra. Not robot. He feigns weakness, pretends that he has been punched unconscious and is plummeting to the ground. Hmm, punch. Uh, the criminals see this on their Lex Luthor monitor screen. Yes. And direct the robot to return to Wouldn't base. It'd be funny if, if the, the monitor had, like, Lex Luthor... His um, face and initials right on it. On, on, on the upper right-hand side. So, Ultra, though, has ducked into a cave as he fell to the ground. Because he's wicked clever. And he also planted a tracking device on the robot. Beep, beep. We see that. Yep. So... Here are the criminals ready to dispose of Bonnie Blake. In Zap's Ultra, the criminals think it's the Ultra robot. They don't know. But it ain't. It's the real Ultra. Because their work is so good they can't tell the difference. Right. Um, even Bonnie thinks it's the robot for a minute, but then she, she hears him breathing. And she thinks, who ever heard of a robot breathing? That's the real Ultra. Where are you reading that? I'm on the last page. Page of the end page? Yeah, first mm-hmm. panel, last page. Um, oh. Right? Okay, I see that now. That's the real Ultra. Ultra. Listen, Ultra's getting a lot of use out of this lightning leg, this issue. Yeah, he's putting it to good use. Look at that. Blast um, from the Teletubbies and Trag. He shoots the criminals with his lightning leg. Kazap. This will keep you on Dream Street until the police arrive. Dream Street. So, it, we have a little flashback here. Ultra tracked the robot and then deactivated it and took its place. Standard superhero trick. And Bonnie and Ultra are reunited happily at the end, and he's going to return her to Earth. But not until we get her thought balloon that she is starting to suspect that he may be her dead fiancé, Ace Arn. That's true. Well, I guess we'll see what happens in future issues with that subplot. I like the cut of her jib. She's really got a nice figure. She does. All right. Yeah? There's a second story in this issue. There sure is. Well, first of all, let me ask you what you think of Ultra, the multi-alien. He's okay. Just okay? Yeah, he's great. I mean, okay. No, no, he's, he's okay. He's okay. He's, he's, I like uh, Metamorpho better. Okay. Um, There's some other, there some other characters that I like. Better than, than Ultra. How about you? Well, I remember the first time I encountered Ultra the Multi-Alien was in a yes. reprint in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And I was the first time, you know, I accept an awful lot of comic book conventions just as a matter of... You were at the right age for that. Right. Mm-hmm. But Ultra the Multi-Alien was the first time I opened a comic and just thought, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> it just is a vi- crazy visual. Yeah. Even more so than Metamorpho. Yeah. I mean, he's got a lightning leg. I don't even know how you stand on a lightning leg. I don't leg, know but either. I, but I, I, I'm not going to overthink it. I mean, how do you drive a car? I don't suppose you need to well, drive a car. Well, he can fly. But yes, but wouldn't he want to drive a car at some point? Wouldn't well, I don't know. If you could choose between a car and a scooter, wouldn't you choose a scooter? Well, he's, and he only wears white diapers. I don't understand. Oh, sorry, not diapers. Tidy whities Tidy whities We don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he doesn't have uh, mm. uh, exhaust pipe, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Do you think that lightning would be bothersome when you're getting up in the morning? Like, he must sleep. Does he? Does it? Does it right. go dormant when he sleeps? Well, you know, I don't How know. Does he not set his bed on fire. What does he sleep on? 
Maybe he sleeps on clouds. Maybe he float sleeps like Superman. Superman float sleeps? Sometimes, you know. Remember when he went to that cloud planet and just lay yes, in the clouds? The pink, the pink cloud mm-hmm. planet because he was having a nervous breakdown because Lex yep. Luthor was doing all sorts of tricky things to him. Boy, we haven't resolved that yet either. We better get back to that soon. Well, those those police from all over the world are still stuck on the moon. Venus. Or, or Venus. Venus, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were in that, they were in that, um, that train, remember? Train car. Maybe yeah. they know Dr. Dynamo. Okay, um, Remember, Dr. Dynamo was in the Venusian prison. Yes. Anyway. A lot of things happen in the comics. I'll say, and we haven't even gotten to the second story yet. I love this artwork so much. I do, too. Who does it remind you of? It reminds me of Alex Toth, who was a big artist in the 20th century, Mm. who designed a lot of the... uh, Hanna-Barbera superheroes like Space Ghost and Birdman oh, and Herculoids. Yeah, Herculoids. Um, also did some design work for the Super Friends to, you know, simplify their costumes for animation purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not Alex Toth. It's Jack Sparling. But they were of a similar... Uh, school? School and age and experience. They did lots of uh, newspaper comic work. Okay. So the work is very simple and clean. It's nice. It's very nice. This story is called Nightmare on Asteroid Arak. I think that's how it's pronounced. A-R-A-A-K. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a creature in the splash page holding two spacemen up in its mighty maw. Maw? Is maw a mouth or a hand? It's a mouth, isn't it? Ah, it's funny, because I I don't know. (laughs) M-A-W, right? Yeah, I have a degree in English. You'd think I'd know that, but I don't. Here we go. The jaws or throat of a voracious animal. Yeah. The mouth or gullet of a greedy person. Well, this creature doesn't even have a mouth at all. No, so... Just glowing eyes. Giant paws. Um, Giant paws. It's got uh, kind of like a poodle cut... Oh, yeah. Fur around the ankles and wrists and Just whatever neck. needs to be kept warm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And a loincloth. Yeah. Otherwise, it is without clothing. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the, uh, who's that thing in Popeye? The goon? Yeah, I don't know. I'll look it up. Okay. It's the sea hag had this pet thing that creep around hurt Popeye. Okay. You don't have to look it up. Okay. Thank you. Um... This story is told in first person. There we were, in the depths of an asteroid and in the clutches of the weirdest creature to prowl our universe. It was enough to turn any man pale with panic, but it couldn't compare to the bizarre truth behind these subterranean beasts that made our mission a real nightmare on asteroid Iraq. We should have done this as a radio drama. Mm. Too late. So, Cappy. Oh, God, all the words. What, do you, what is it like when you turn the page and you see all those words? What I just, my soul despairs. Oh, all the words. I'm just here for the pictures. Yeah. Cappy and John are uh, under full rocket thrust from Earth to asteroid Arak. Their mission is to solve a mystery in space that had been plaguing their III outfit. III stands for Interplanetary Imports Incorporated. Yes. Ring, ring. Um, I, I, I. How may I direct your call? Are you applying for a job there? Of course. Um, 
Because you know they have just a regular operator with a switchboard. Yes. Beep, burp, burp, burp. Why wouldn't they? A whole month, they haven't had a shipment from Asteroid Arak. Of that rare Argonaut ore from the asteroid. What's Argonaut ore? Is that a real thing? Well, I just know Jason and the Argonauts. Right. You know. So it's probably not real. No. Um, they could have radioed for information, but Asteroid Arak is surrounded by a thick belt of radiation. So apparently they don't have landlines on the asteroid. The only way they can communicate is by physically seeing someone or a- carrying mail. Exactly. Yes. So they land on the surface Thank of you, asteroid. Robot. Rebellion. Yeah. Rebellion. They land on Asteroid Arak. The residents of Asteroid Arak look like a cross between Slee Stacks from Land of the Lost and Homer Simpson. <laughs> They're green. Yes. And tall. But they also have big googly eyes like Homer Simpson. That's a Slee Stack noise, everybody. In case you're from Land of the Lost. From Land of the Lost. Um, the head of the Homer Simpson Slee Stack creatures explains that they had sent a relief team to the mine to figure out what happened to the miners that had never returned. Right. And these bizarre creatures emerged to chase them off. Send them away. And the cowardly Sleestack Homer Simpson creatures have not had the courage to go back and investigate. So that's what you need a human for. Right. Clean up everybody else's mess. So these guys say, okay, come on, John and Cappy, they go. They go. Now, I really like the vehicle. Yes, but it looks somewhat like a grub. Yeah. Or a poopa. A poopa. Um, (laughs) It's a little glidey kind of thing. It's just big enough to fit the two of them. It's like a sidecar of a motorcycle that just moves by itself. Oh, Bobby, it's cute. It's adorable. I wish I had one. Me too. Who needs a scooter when you've got a grub mobile? So they get to the cavern. Sure enough. They encounter these creatures. Giant creatures who are firing beams of energy at them. The fellas take cover. Don't you just love the, the little words that, that describe the sounds? Sure, of yeah. course. That's why we come for. Yeah. So we don't have to read all the words. We can just look at the sound effects and the pictures. So Cappy and John take off. Yep. They, they jump take on the Leather Express. Yep. They're, uh... That means they run. Yeah. They take to the hills. Yep. The creatures blast their supplies. hmm And then suddenly the creatures turn back. Yes. Uh, I love this panel at the bottom of page three. The creatures are just sort of lurching. Yeah, and they're glowing, and they're heading right back. They're glowing, but you can really, they really look like they weigh a lot. Yeah, like he's done a great job lumbering. of incorporating visual weight into that. Good job, Jack Sparling. Yeah. Great art. Again, great art. Yeah. Cappy has a hunch that these creatures can't survive on the surface, and that's why they're turning around going back. So they decide to go back into the cave. Right? Yeah. Cappy and John are going to follow them into the cave. And they find one collapsed. Collapsed. And, and no longer glowing. No longer. The glow is dimming. He's dying. Yeah. Just then, some more creatures show up. They blast the ceiling of the cave. Trapping them in a Trapping Cappy and John. Cappy and John don't know what they're going to do now. Well, actually, Cappy or John, I'm not sure, is the one who actually blasts the ceiling and traps them themselves in there. 
the creatures are shooting at them. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's important because what happens next. Right. It's like, you know, it's not like the creatures wanted to trap them in there because they actually... Okay. Yeah. I see. They use their eyes to... It looks like I'm not paying much attention no, to the pictures okay. There's either. A lot of a lot of words that, that we've both read that are, are not relevant to us moving the story forward. Right. Cappy and John are trapped. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, from outside the cavern where they're trapped, the creatures are blasting the rock to open up a fissure. And how are they blasting the rock open, Bob? Well, with their glowing eyes. With their glowing eyes. So Cappy and John are assuming that they're going to die. Right. And they hug the wall up close to the entrance where the, where the creatures are blasting through because they're going to take them by surprise. They're going to ambush them right. as soon as the coast is clear. Right. They jump out of the cave. They start firing, firing, firing. Right into their eyes. The creatures blast their guns into yep. dust. Yep. No effect on them. Disintegrate the guns. They keep going. One of the creatures that's attacking them passes out. The other one grabs them mm-hmm. and just starts walking. Yes. He blasts the creature, blasts Cappy and John with an eye beam, which paralyzes them. That's a great shot. Yeah. Just the way that he's holding them, they just look like dolls, you know? And the, the surprise that the guy, I don't know if it's Cappy or John, that thrust his arms out as he's being blasted in the eyes by the creature. It's great. Cappy and John assume that they are being taken captive and are going to be corralled with wherever the missing miners are. Mm-hmm. But lo and behold, they are brought to the surface. They are brought to the surface by the creature. Uh, fresh air revives Cappy and John. Mm-hmm. The creature tosses them out on the surface of the Unceremoniously tosses them like I'll trash say. onto the ground. Um, then the creature turns around and... Blasts the cave entrance. Right. Trapping himself outside the cave, but also making sure no one, no else, one else gets into the cave. can enter the mine ever again. Right. And then the creature dies. Right. And as it dies and as it fades, its body transforms into... A Homer Simpson's Lisak character. Yes, an Arach miner. So John and Cappy realize the awful truth at last. That the creatures, the miners, had been exposed to some kind of radiation down in the mine and turned into these horrible creatures. Yeah. And the the reason that they were were trying to keep people out of the mines is that they're trying to keep the miners from from dying. Yeah. Keep everybody out. Um... Yeah, so they were trying to frighten everyone off so that no one else would be drawn to their doom, yeah. transformed into a creature. Yeah. And for once, capitalism does not win, because Cappy and John decide to seal off the mine forever, and make sure no one ever enters it again, for profit. Yeah. I, when I was little, and still to this day, yes, I loved these kind of science fiction anthology comics and stories Did and you? TV shows, you know, like Twilight Zone. Oh, yeah. Where they would have a, just a short little story here and have a kind of a twist ending, poignant, melancholic ending. Poor creatures. I, this story doesn't particularly pull any strings like that for no. me. Oh. But the general genre I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the art's fantastic. The art's wonderful. Anything else to add? Uh, no, I just I really enjoyed uh, reading this one. I actually, I'm sorry, but I enjoyed it a little bit more than I enjoyed Ultra. That's okay. Alien, it takes you know, all kinds yeah. to make a world. 
Yeah, it's kind of cool. Well, we'll see more of Ultra. Yeah. And we'll see more generic science fiction anthologic Mm -hmm. stories. Now, you're going out of town, aren't you? I am indeed. I'm going to go do some singing for a couple weeks. For two weeks. I don't know what I'm going to do. You're all going to have guests, aren't you? I'm going to have guests. I might figure out how to do Skype recording so you could read a comic in Montana. That'd be fun. Would it? Oh, indeed. As a a matter of fact, we'll talk about the special guest that will be there that has started listening to our podcast that will be there with me in Montana who has a wealth of information about comics. Who? Really? We won't talk about it on the air. Okay. Because I don't know that he'll do it for sure or not. Well, he will if I tell him to. (laughs) Um, I'm also going to get maybe work work friend Chuck and spawn of work friend Chuck (laughs) to do some couple of things. Um, Don't worry, though. Yes. There will be something here next week. I can't tell you what it'll be, but... You're working on it. Meanwhile... Get your agent on it. I will. Why don't you be sure and rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from? Yeah. Also, don't be afraid to check us out on social media at Go Go Check Pod. Go I'll have pod. Tell your friends. Tell all your friends to start listening. Listen, I just had somebody at work the other day that had never listened. And she started listening. I could hear her at her desk laughing out loud. Well, yes. Hello, and I've, I, as I've shared this with people, they said, well, I didn't read comics when I was growing up. And I say to them, it doesn't that's matter. That's why I am here. And look, they really enjoy it. Right. Look at Jen George. She's yes. never read a comic ever in her whole life until she appeared on this very podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's all. Don't forget to tip your waiter. And don't forget to buy more <laughs> comics. If you find something you enjoy, we could certainly point you towards something that will satisfy your... Well, I'm very interested in reading Doctor Strange. I know you are. That's yes. not DC, of course, but... I know, I know. And I'm also interested in reading Doom Patrol. Oh, yes. Yes. Hey, did you hear that Benedict Cumberbatch foiled a band of muggers? No. And then when he was done doing that, he hugged the victim. What happened? Well, somebody's getting mugged. Benedict Cumberbatch witnessed it and defeated the muggers. Wow. He's a real-life superhero. I, well, okay. He could have gotten hurt. Well, sure. But I'm glad he helped. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Okay. Uh, are we all done? Yeah, we're done. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Trag and his henchmen have come to tell Craniac that they are going to rob the scooter plant on Saturn. Mm-hmm. The scooter plant. Yes. The scooter plant. Well, I can just pause until you look up your thing. Nian Nurb. What? Nian Nurb. Who's that? Here he is. The the Sullustan smuggler. Nian Numb. N-U-N-B. Nian Numb. Nian Numb. Nian Numb. All right, you ready to keep back in? Is that all the information we get about it? No, it's just like the ten most important Star Wars characters you don't know by name. Is the is the the uh, the name of the of the of the page? And I mean, if you want me to read through all of it, no. Um, yeah, uh, Sullustan smuggler and Lando's co-pilot during the battle to destroy the second Death Star. Numb, N U N B. Got to start with the Rebel Alliance ferrying Alderaan. Alderanian refugees hoping to escape detection by the Empire, but his moment of glory comes when he helps destroy the new Death Star in orbit of Endor. 
So the character is, uh, God, it's hard to pronounce his name. Nien Num, N-U-N-B. Num, Nunb, Nunb. Are you impressed? Well. Are you going to edit all that out? Maybe. Why? <laughs> That's a very interesting.